Continuing now with our conversations uh, with the UCP leadership candidates. And just a reminder, we have extended that invitation to each and every single one of them. And uh, most of them have taken us up on it. Not all, um, but the invitation stands, of course. Today, we're going to be chatting with Rajan Sani, who is one of the candidates that we've spoken with before. She's the MLA for Calgary Northeast. Um, Ms. Sani, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate you joining us once again today. Hi, good morning. I'm thrilled to be on your show. Um, let's just start here. Um, the new numbers out, cost of living, and um, you know we're seeing things go in the right direction finally, uh, especially in Alberta with uh, the lowest rate in the country. Um, but we know this winter could be worse. We're hearing gas prices could go back up another 20, 25 cents. Revenue's soaring too, so you've got these two realities happening. Our outgoing premier has decided what the extra money is going to be used for, primarily debt repayment, some, you know, re-indexing of income tax, things like that, not inflation relief. First, though, should our lame duck premier be making policy decisions months after he announced decisions that the new leader will have to carry out or scrap? Um, is that his place? And second, if you are elected leader, do you follow the roadmap he's laid out? Well, first, just to um, circle back to your opening comments, yes, you know, affordability is a an issue that all Albertans are grappling with, and certainly all Canadians as well. And uh, I have plans, and I've laid out plans to address this issue very clearly in my platform. Uh, in regards to the Premier's um, decisions, I, I think... <laughs> It probably it would have been better for him to hold off on making any kinds of significant announcements because he is premier only temporarily and we do have a new leader coming in. So I am was happy that, uh, you know, at least the announcement was made to index income tax brackets, but extremely disappointed that uh, age benefits and seniors mm. benefits were not mentioned. So, I mean, if he was going to make these uh, announcements, I think it was uh, would have been very important for him to add those elements too. Now, going back to what I would do is, uh, I've already mentioned it, I would index um, the social service uh, benefits as well. And I had talked about uh, in my platform paying down debt, of course, and putting some into the Heritage uh, Savings Trust Fund. And also, dependent on the price of oil and gas, the same as our fuel tax holiday, think about issuing affordability checks. Now, we know that this has happened in Manitoba. Scott Moe did this. BC, they've done this. And so it's not something that's really, you know, completely out of the air. We've done a lot of analysis on this, and it is on my website. So I would go a lot further than what this current premier has done. So shifting the focus then to direct support to Albertans and actually putting cash in their hands? Yes, yes. And, you know, we have, we're the wealthiest province in Canada, um, other provinces who are, don't ha- share our fortunes have done more in terms of putting cash into the hands of their uh, residents. So there's no reason why we can't take a portion of our surplus and, and send that back to Albertans, particularly, you know, families who have young children. And there is there are provisions for income testing and opting out because we know not everybody wants this, but I think it's important to take these steps. Um, another issue that I've asked all of the leadership candidates during the second round about is, is health care. There's so much talk about health care. When I speak to the audience, it's something that's on the minds of many. Uh, as far as the campaign, it seems like there's a lot of talk about 
overhauling AHS, doing more studies, looking into bureaucracy and all those sorts of things that may all be well and good, but this weekend... Um, and as you know, every week we have stories of people that are called for help and it doesn't arrive or have spent hours and hours and hours lying on the floor in ERs that they just can't get the help that they need. So all that AHS stuff might deal with the problem a year or two down the road. What do we do this weekend, Nisani? If I need to call an ambulance, how do I know one's going to be there? How do you fix the immediate crisis that I think we can all agree we're seeing in Alberta's healthcare system right now? You know, that's an excellent question. And what we're seeing right now is a significant labor shortage all across all sectors, not only healthcare, but you name it, childcare, disability workers. And so I think the first thing we need to do is to really focus on attracting and retaining talent. And that, that's a tough job. Um, but you know, you're asking about what do we do immediately? Yeah. Well, you know, I know a lot of the other candidates have talked about reforming AHS, and, and I haven't really focused on that. I think, number one, we have to sign the agreement with the physicians, and I, and I was following that. I'm not sure if it's been tentatively accepted yet or not. I'll have to <laughs> take a look at the news cycle and see where they're at on that. But that is, number one, restoring that trust, really, really focusing on getting uh, those physicians staffed up. We have to spend money. On healthcare, I'm not. I'm not one of those candidates who's saying we're going to cut, cut, cut. We need to invest. We need to invest in primary care. That's the first thing that I would do as well, because if you have significant investments in primary care, that reduces those visits to the emergency room. So I think that these are the elements that that I'm concerned about: not slashing and burning, but actually investing in staff and getting contracts and agreements signed. Uh, just to update us both: uh, voting is continuing until the 28th by Alberta's doctors. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to healthcare, though, it's I mean, is it is it about more than just money? We already spend more on healthcare than anything else. It's the biggest line item in the budget, and the answer from politicians quite often is, "We're going to increase funding to this, that, or what the other thing is," and we do that time and time again for year after year after year and the outcomes only get worse is it something outside of money i do believe we have to shift our focus i as i was just mentioning like there is money in the system and i do believe that we're going to have to put a little bit more money in the system i've analyzed the numbers but it's how we have currently structured health care now i go back to primary care we do have primary care networks in the province, and I think we need to enhance the presence of the primary care networks because the more you have these networks in different communities, the more access people have to different health resources. And again, if you invest at the front end, you have less instances in acute care. So that is something that I strongly believe in, and it's not really about adding more money at this point. It's a philosophical shift in terms of how we're structuring health care. I also believe that, you know, our situation right now with the, with the doctors in the province is very, very contentious. And once we get this agreement signed and once we restore respect to this situation, I would actually rely on the healthcare workers and physicians to come back to the table with some policy ideas because they're the frontline workers. They know what works and what doesn't. And that's why I've been very clear that I would never put any significant policies in place without their contribution and their input. So this doesn't, you know, answer the question to the fullest extent, but it's because we need more voices at the table to help us design what the future of healthcare is going to look like. So I agree with you. It's, you can't keep throwing money at the problem, yeah. but let's let's change the structure. Um, and that structure, I think that would include things like mental health and addictions as well. And we know the mayors of both Edmonton and Calgary have been 
yelling and screaming that the province needs to help them out. It's leading to problems with uh, crime and all sorts of horrible incidents, especially in Edmonton, as we know, uh, two fatal incidents recently. Um, is, is there room in that, in your plan for that, being more supportive uh, with the mayor saying we need help when it comes to, you know, the release of criminals and addictions and mental health and all of the problems plaguing our big cities? Yes, there is. In fact, it was the very first announcement that I made when I launched my campaign is that we do need to take a stronger look at mental health and addictions investments. We need a province-wide strategy. I don't think we have that in place as of yet. And that means working with the municipalities. And I mention this because the, the mental health challenges are called an echo pandemic. And nobody seems to be talking about that. I mean, we're talking about the economy and we're talking about diversification. That's all well and good, but it doesn't mean anything if you don't have healthy people physically and mentally. So this is something that uh, is one of the reasons why I came into the leadership race, because I felt it was a significant gap that nobody was addressing. So absolutely, I think we do need to work with all of the municipalities. That includes the homelessness file. It includes the opioid crisis and come up with a province-wide, actual, comprehensive strategy. And this is a health issue. So, um, again, this would require having, you know, the experts at the table, which includes the healthcare workers, uh, social service agencies, and, of course, our physicians. Uh, this race, of course, was meant to end divisions within the UCP, uh, and there's more than a few indications that it might have done the opposite, at least in some areas. So the question, I guess, is if you don't win... If you're not leader come October 6th, what's the plan? Do you fall in line? Do you support the winner and run again as a UCP candidate supporting their agenda? What's the plan going forward? Well, it's interesting that you ask that because I, you know, we hear a lot about the divisions. And I, I wrote actually a, a letter to the membership uh, based, it's called Unity. And I basically indicated that, yes, we have passionate debates and sometimes they're adversarial and very punchy. But at the end of the day, we are the same team and we will come together and support whoever does win the leadership. Um, I think that's important because unity is is tantamount if we're going to win any elections in the future. And certainly I will do that. If I'm not the leader, then whoever is the leader will have my support and I will have very arduous, heated debate behind the scenes <laughs> with policies that I don't agree with and I will try to convince the heck out of whoever the leader is out of whatever they're proposing to do that it's not good for everyday Albertans but uh, at the end of the day I'm, I'm part of the team and I will um, show my loyalty and unity to the team. Excellent okay thanks so much for your time Asani I appreciate you joining us today.